for checking out this episode of the Screen Facts with Jason Davis podcast. Every Wednesday, we talk about a movie. We share some fun trivia facts along the way during the conversation. You can join the conversation after the fact, of course, by going to our Facebook page. It's facebook.com slash screenfacts. You can also tweet me at Jason Davis Voice or email screenfacts at yahoo.com. There's a few different ways that you can listen to the podcast, including now on the iHeartRadio website and app. For information on how to access all the past episodes, please visit jasondavisvoice.com slash podcast. Joining me on this episode of the podcast, my good pal, in fact, I'll just say he's one of my favorite people on the planet Earth, (laughs) the one and only Les Sinclair. I love you too, man. Yeah, man. You know, listen, there are a few people in my life, and I say this probably every time we do a podcast together, (laughs) who have had more impact on my life than you. And uh, it's always a pleasure to do this with you. We don't do it as much as I'd like to because our schedules don't always jive. But listen, when I was working with you at Z95 in Charlottesville, Virginia, we couldn't do enough things on the air together. When I was no longer working with you, I always said, boy, I hope there's going to be an opportunity somewhere down the road to do something together again. And here we are. Well, I listen to your podcast all the time and uh, your regulars are fantastic as well. Oh, I appreciate that. Thanks, Les. One of the great things about listening to your podcast is that it inspires you to watch the movie again with a fresh new lens. And recently you talked about Pump Up the Volume with Christian Slater, Mm -hmm. and it makes me want to investigate Christian Slater (laughs) and watch Pump Up the Volume again, which is hard to find. You got to go dig it. You know, you got to dig around for some of these movies. You really want to do it. You go, oh, that's on my list. I need to watch that movie again. So I think your podcast is providing a service. And for the folks in uh, Hollywood that aren't uh, paying attention to you, they should be. (laughs) Well, I appreciate that. You know, I don't know that I'm really doing earth shattering work here or anything. I appreciate your your kind words. That's really nice of you to say that. I mean, you know, certainly I hope when we do these episodes that people will go back and, and maybe watch the movies with a different point of view. Hopefully, if you're driving to work and you're looking for something interesting to listen to on your commute, this is it. Maybe we make you laugh along the way too. Well, and again, it really does when you watch the movie again and you see it again and you will, whatever movie you're talking about is going to be played on TV or or HBO or Showtime or one of the movie channels. Somewhere along the line, you're going to catch it and you're going to be able to watch it with these facts that you didn't have in your brain before. So it's really kind of cool. It's interesting that you mentioned HBO because the movie that you and I are going to discuss today is currently playing on HBO. Is indeed. In fact, I've seen it like three times. <laughs> In the yeah. past three days. So. Les, this is a movie that you could probably watch 10 times and catch new stuff every time. Because there's yeah. so many references, pop culture references, and so many Easter eggs and so many funny lines that, you know, you may miss them the first time around. Well, and two, what's great about it is that you can listen to this movie. And that's what I do. I really pay attention to the words because it's a very wordy movie. Yes. Uh, I laugh at the same points over and over again. And then, like you said, the new points, too. So it's it's really good movie. Yeah. So normally on the podcast, we talk about an older movie because, you know, I usually tend to gravitate toward the movies that I grew up with, like from the 80s and whatnot. However, today, Les, you and I are going to discuss a movie from this year, released February 12th, 2016, Deadpool. Talk about a movie that turns the superhero genre on its end (laughs) and just brings it to a whole different level. Did you ever read the comics of this or no? I, I was not a Deadpool aficionado. I had seen a couple of comics, but nothing to the extent. But I knew of Deadpool mm-hmm. and I loved his powers because he was sort of a combination of Wolverine and a whole bunch of other mutants. So it was kind of cool. 
Right. I think part of his origin is that he has some of Wolverine's blood. That's right. Okay. But yeah, the movie stars Ryan Reynolds, who to me was born to play this role. Right. Uh, In fact, they say that in the movie or in the credits, one of the comic book writers once described Deadpool as Ryan Reynolds crossed with a Sharpay, (laughs) which they I believe they say in the movie. But this comic book writer says he credit. He says, I take full credit for uh, picking Ryan Reynolds to play Deadpool because he mentioned it in the comics. Yeah, he was perfect. I mean, he's made a career out of being the uh, sort of wisecracking sidekick or friend or whatever. And and I've enjoyed most. Most of the things I've seen him in, this is by far his greatest role. He just nails it and hits it out of the park for sure. Yeah, he can play that real fast patter guy mm-hmm. that is uh, just a smart aleck to the nines. And what's great is that <laughs> Deadpool is that guy. Yeah. He never shuts up. Yeah, absolutely. And there was some controversy about that, too. I read that, uh, you know, he made um, the character, Wade Wilson, made his first appearance in one of the X-Men movies. Or actually, I think it was one of the Wolverine movies. That's right. It was Wolverine, the origin. Okay. And in the movie, for whatever reason, they sewed his mouth shut. That's right. And there's a line in this movie where the guy threatens to do that. He says, I wouldn't do that if I were you. Because yeah. the fans went crazy. Because that's the best part about Deadpool is all the quips and stuff that he makes. That's what's interesting, too, in the comic book is that he talks so much. That's one of his superpowers. That he'll, uh, <laughs> he'll beat you. his enemies into submission just by uh, <laughs> talking them to death. <laughs> so his co-stars, Marina Baccarin, Gina Carano, who's a, an MMA fighter and was one of the American gladiators. I don't know if you remember when they when they revamped wow. that show. Recently, they revamped it. I don't, not that recently, maybe, yeah. I don't know, a decade ago or something like that. But she's the real deal. T.J. Miller, who's very funny, he's on a, a great HBO show called Silicon Valley, which I highly recommend if you've never seen it. And Ed Screen is the guy who played Francis. <laughs> he's the English enemy. Yes, of course. Directed by Tim Miller, and there's no surprise that this movie is as good as it is because it's written by a couple of great writers, Rhett Reese and Paul Wernick, who wrote Zombieland. Great movie. Yeah, it's another one we've discussed on the podcast. I discussed that one with Sue way back, and one that we watch pretty much every October, at least. When 20th Century Fox refused to pay them for on-set input, because they were on set during the making of the movie, Ryan Reynolds actually came out of his own pocket to make sure that they uh, were compensated and were able to contribute further to the film, which I think is pretty amazing. This is another one of those films that uh, got put on the back burner for years. You and I have talked about that. I think every time I'm on the podcast, we end up talking about how long it takes to make a movie. And this was one of those that got uh, sort of uh, picked out, picked up, and then they went, nah, we're going to kind of wait on it. And it sat around for a couple of years till it was the right time to come out. Yeah, we discussed that with I Am Legend too way back. And uh, yeah, I think, Maybe they felt like, oh, there's an oversaturation of superhero movies. Not sure how uh, a rated R superhero movie's going to play and all that kind of stuff. But boy, this thing really paid off big time for Marvel, without a doubt. Well, and a rated R superhero movie was, I think, risky. But in Deadpool's case, it almost had to be because... Oh, without a doubt. The, the material. I mean, it, it had to be. And uh, what's interesting, too, about Deadpool is how that when it made so much money, mm-hmm. it changed the way they are doing superhero movies now. Wolverine, mm-hmm. w- the, the new one coming out, will be rated R. And the Suicide Squad, they went back and reshot some of the scenes to make them funnier and edgier because they didn't think they could get away with that in a superhero movie. Huh. They shot this movie in 48 days. And... The budget was actually relatively modest for this type of movie, $58 million, lower budget than any of the X-Men, Iron Man, Avengers, or Captain America movies. So they definitely 
I think we're a little cautious with this. But like I said, it really paid off big time. It really paid off for them. And I think Tim Miller was a big part of that as well, which to me is a surprise that he's never directed before, even though he was a visual effects guy. I thought the fact that this is his first time directing a major motion picture is kind of a big deal. Yeah. And, you know, the direction is actually pretty cool. There's some scenes in this movie that are just, to me, groundbreaking and brilliant. The opening sequence with the, uh, you know, the funny stuff in the credits, which we'll talk about, just the way the freeze frame and everything going on, I mean, that's brilliant. Yeah. And, and I'm it, sure that the director has a lot to say about how that's presented. So kudos to him. I mean, you know, first-time director, you got to give it up for that. And I think that they say in the movie or in the backstory of the movie that when they did that first shot, they knew that's how they were going to start the movie. Oh, okay. That's pretty cool. So the movie ended up grossing $363 million domestically, $782.6 million worldwide. Interestingly, China was one country that didn't give Deadpool any love. China usually censors out extreme violence, profanity, and sex for movies before release. Must be fun living there, right? Yeah, right. <laughs> this film, of course, has all three and a lot of it. The Chinese did consider editing the film for their audience, but ultimately they said that the cuts that they needed to make would make the film unintelligible. <laughs> so, right. <laughs> so they decided not to uh, to even show it in China at all. So yeah. there you have it's it. A, it's hard to pay any money for a 15-minute movie. Yeah, exactly. That's probably <laughs> what it would have been like. But at $132.4 million, it has the best opening weekend for an R-rated movie ever making $40.6 million more than The Matrix Reloaded did in 2003. It was all the stuff that led up to this movie. Ryan Reynolds was really leading the way with this Deadpool. He was the hype man for Deadpool in a major way all over social media. Yeah, and he really not only did great things in the movie, but I know he helped out Make-A-Wish as the character. There was a right. kid. 13-year-old. Yeah, 13-year-old terminally ill fan from Edmonton, which is probably near where Ryan Reynolds is from because he's Canadian. You know, he really wanted to see the movie and they weren't sure if he was going to live long enough to make that happen. And Ryan Reynolds traveled to him and, and did a private screening with him. And he was the first person to see the movie. And uh, Ryan Reynolds did a lot of uh, cool stuff, stayed in touch with him and, and really uh, kind of was a real superhero to this kid. Yeah, even though Deadpool doesn't like being called a superhero. Right, right. He's kind <laughs> of an anti-hero. And even on April Fool's Day, mm -hmm. Ryan Reynolds posted uh, on, on Twitter that the film would be rated PG-13, and the fans went crazy, of course, because that's <laughs> what they do. <laughs> and later he said it was an April Fool's joke. It's yeah. rated R. <laughs> and that was a great way to promote it because people were talking. Yeah, one of the things that happened was Tim Miller made this uh, short film, which ended up being the, uh, the scene in the car on the highway where mm -hmm. they were uh, crashing the cars and all that stuff. So he made that to get his job essentially he took it to the studio bosses and said this is where we're going to go with this movie that later after a comic-con got leaked to the public and nobody knows who leaked it that's what's <laughs> really interesting no one will take credit for leaking it right. but it was that leaking from the comic-con of that three-minute computer-generated cg it was total cgi okay. film on the internet that blew things up the comic book fans went absolutely crazy for it that opening sequence really sets the tone for the entire movie and it's like nothing else you've ever seen in a superhero movie before. I mean, we talk about the action and stuff in the opening credits, but just the way they present all of the people involved in the movie, it's done in a very funny way, starring God's Perfect Idiot, a hot chick, a British villain, a gratuitous right. cameo, all that stuff. It's very funny. 
And originally, those things were just supposed to be placeholders in the opening credits until they came up with what they really wanted to put in. And the director said, you know what? Those are funny enough. Let's just leave them in there. Well, that's one of the hallmarks of the, this movie is that they break the fourth wall so many times. In fact, I think there's a scene in there where he goes, oh, fourth wall break inside a fourth wall break. That's like 16 walls. <laughs> Pretty much every other scene, there's something funny going on in this movie and, and a great line. And there's almost too many to, to talk about in the podcast. One of my favorite things, he's sitting in the chair next to the bed with his girlfriend. And she says, what's the matter? And he's like, oh, I had a, a bad dream, a Liam Neeson taken dream or something like that. And then he goes, you know, they made three of those movies. Maybe it's just bad parenting. <laughs> Yeah, there are so many little uh, dings at, at yeah. movies all over the place. He even uh, dinged his own movies. He dinged Green Lantern, not only talking about don't make my superhero suit green and definitely don't make it animated. Right. He didn't get along, apparently, with the director of Green Lantern either. So I think uh, he didn't mind dinging that yeah. movie. There's a lot of uh, references to that. There's a lot of X-Men references and other Marvel superheroes. But his makeup. Eight hours to apply the full body makeup. In the uh, extras, in the bonuses of the DVD, they actually show how long it takes to put the just the headpiece on. And it took three or four hours to do just the headpiece wow. alone, they said. And um, luckily, they said he doesn't have to do that very often. So my guess is when you see the ugly head that he's got, the avocado head, if you will... <laughs> <laughs> like they, like uh, an avocado had sex with a uh, older, uglier avocado. Yeah, but, not but just regular sex. Right. Hate sex. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> <laughs> TJ Miller. <laughs> yeah, he and, and what's cool too about this is that he said uh, the the directors were saying how everything in the movie, like no take was the same, that you got a different take from Ryan Reynolds and TJ Miller with every one of those snarky sort of comments, yeah. that, that banter back and forth between the two of them. It's probably hard to choose the one that ends up in the movie too, because they're all really funny. Yeah. How do you know which one works? All of them are good. Yeah. And you know, they did a lot of improvisation in this movie too. I mean, they, they probably stuck to the script for the most part, but they were allowed to improvise too. And that was one of the things that Ryan Reynolds really enjoyed about doing the movie that he had an opportunity to stretch a little bit in that way. Some of the stuff that I like is the the pop culture references. Mm -hmm. uh, we were talking about those and there's this little action figure in the, uh, one of the scenes that is an action figure of when he was in the origin story of Wolverine and he was playing Deadpool. And it it's a little action figure of Deadpool with the little, <laughs> little spike sticking out of his wrist. It, it, it's hilarious. Yeah. And then of course he references Hugh Jackman a couple of times in the movie. But the, yeah, the mask over his face, the sexiest man alive people cover. You're probably wondering whose balls I had to suck to get to my own movie. Well, let's just say it rhymes with pulverine. <laughs> good stuff. Yeah. And apparently they were good with that. He and uh, Hugh Jackman get along well. Mm -hmm. He's also been in other Marvel superheroes as well. He was Marvel's Hannibal King in Blade Trinity. That was back in 2004. Wade Wilson in X-Men Origins Wolverine, which is 2009. He was Hal Jordan, of course. We talked about Green Lantern. Uh, that was from DC Comics. That was 2011. Nick Walter in Dark Horse's R.I.P.D. I don't know mm -hmm. if you saw that movie. That's with uh, Jeff Bridges. I didn't. Did you? I did see it. And I must say that it got terrible reviews. But Jeff Bridges is hilarious in that movie. It's one of the funniest movies of Jeff Bridges's I have ever seen. Interesting. You're the second person that, that said they enjoyed it. So I might have to check it out now. You know, all those different comic book characters that Ryan Reynolds plays, he says that Deadpool will be the last, the last comic book character that he's ever going to portray. However, he's definitely going to do sequels. Deadpool 2 is due January 2018. I hope he gets a raise for them. 
Oh, I'm sure. I mean, listen, they kind of were hedging their bets a little bit on this first one. And they got their work cut out for them, too, because, you know, now they there's going to be an expectation for the, the second one to be even raunchier or crazier with the violence and whatnot. I don't know if you know, but uh, his girlfriend actually is a mutant as well. They've hinted that that might play into the next movie. Oh, very cool. Yeah. The reason that he always forgets his gun bag. In oh, the yeah, because he always forgets his gun. He leaves it somewhere. Yeah. That was done purposely so they wouldn't have to do all kinds of special effects shots with the with the firearms. And they saved a lot of money on the budget for that. Maybe they'll actually have more gunfire because now they can afford to do that. I don't know. He did all right with what he had. Yeah, I know. It worked out bullets. well. Yeah, that's cool when he's counting them down. Right. <laughs> he shoots the guy three times. Yeah. He's counting down. Seven, six. Oh, worth it. <laughs> I'm not really sure how a bullet would go through three guys' heads, like in the one... Uh... Well, well, it's stuck in the last guy's forehead. Oh, okay. It only went through two. Oh, gotcha. Okay, <laughs> that's right. Okay. But when he shoots the grenade, the thing he does with the uh, the car lighter... Do any cars have lighters anymore, by the way? I don't know. Yeah, my, mine doesn't. But yeah, when he puts the lighter in the guy's mouth and he, and he says, this is the first time I'm telling somebody not to swallow... <laughs> <laughs> like when when they're at the battle scene there at the ship toward the end and mm. um and it's he and negasonic and colossus and he's sending colossus after the woman whose name i can't the strong woman can't remember her name they're hiding because they're getting shot at he and negasonic are hiding over by the tires and he goes you better get fucking fucking her up and, and colossus leans over and says language he goes suck a cock <laughs> There's so many lines like that. And at the end, when Negasonic was nice to Deadpool, he says, oh, she's nice to me. What in the ass? <laughs> it's just the putting together words. Ryan Reynolds is a master. Yeah. Well, I mean, you know, I'm sure a lot of that's the writers. But I mean, you know, we don't know how much of it he improvised, too, because I said they, they did improvise some of the stuff. So who knows? Who knows who's responsible for most of the dialogue? But either way, it's, it's definitely awesome. Angel Dust, by the way, is Gina Carano's character's yeah, name in the movie. So according to Ryan Reynolds, there's over 100 references throughout the entire film, including Easter eggs, pop culture references, cameos, and direct hits at other Marvel films. The Starbucks cup that's seen at the beginning of the film during that opening sequence has Rob L. written on it. That's a nod to Deadpool creator Rob Liefeld. Liefeld has said that he took the name for the character from the final Dirty Harry movie, The Deadpool, from 1988. Have you ever seen that, by the way? I don't recall that one. That's actually a pretty cool flick. I was never a huge Dirty Harry guy. But that movie was pretty cool because it had a cameo from Jim Carrey and Guns N' Roses, who were really big at that time, had a cameo in the movie as well. So it was kind of a cool movie. Liam Neeson's in that, too, which is funny because, of course, he makes the Taken reference in this, Ryan right. Reynolds. So the business card used by the recruiter reads only 555-0199. It's the same number used as Lester Burnham's business line in American Beauty, which is very cool. Yeah, that's a great reference. Yeah, and another movie that we've talked about on the podcast. So there you go. And Liefeld has a cameo as a customer at the bar way to dress his two people buck and liefeld so there you go so even he gets into the action kind of like uh stan lee well and stan lee in this of course he was the dj in the strip club and uh, he <laughs> introduces great. i can't remember her name chastity yeah he introduces chastity we never see who chastity is right the girl who played Negasonic Teenage Warhead. What a great name which, that is, too. Oh, it is. And, you know, originally her powers, she's a telepath. Okay. She, she didn't have these powers whatsoever. So I don't understand why she's called Negasonic Teenage Warhead. But they like the name so much. That's yeah. why they chose her to put her in this movie. And then they had to go to Marvel and say, can we give her different powers than just being a telepath and being able to see the future? Yeah. And Marvel eventually said, 
Yeah, sure, why not? And the powers that they give her in the movie definitely make more sense to the name. And she's named after a song by the rock band Monster Magnet, if you're wondering, (laughs) which I think is kind of interesting. Well, she just played the great part as well. I mean, she was a perfect teenager to Wade Wilson. Her reactions to him were just fantastic. Yeah, and I love how he makes a couple of references to Sinead O'Connor in reference to her because she's got the same hairstyle. But one of my favorite things in the movie is when he's trying to beat up Colossus on the highway. And he hits him a couple of times and he breaks his both of his hands and then his foot. Yes. And she's just sitting there laughing at him, just giggling. And yeah. it's just, it's perfect. And then when he starts doing the 127 hours cutting yeah. his arm off, Spoiler she, does, alert. she does a perfect, oh God. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, there's a couple of things that he says during that scene that are just really funny. He makes reference to, are you there, God? It's me, Margaret, which is a Judy Bloom book which is a book that when girls were reaching puberty would read because it was about a girl getting her first period so he says that as he's cutting his hand off and blood is spurting everywhere i'm so glad you mentioned that i must tell you that i've seen the movie so many times and every time i wonder what that line is about oh okay and now knowing it is so funny it's even funnier now right (laughs) that's fantastic Yeah, there's a RoboCop reference. Stutter alive, you're coming with me. When he meets up with the stalker pizza delivery guy, he's wearing a t-shirt with B. Arthur on the front. Yeah. In the comics, Deadpool is a big B. Arthur fan and apparently a big fan of the Golden Girls. So that's a reference to that. And according to Reynolds, it cost $10,000 to get approval to use the image. And the money went to charity. That's great. <laughs> so Speaking of Golden Girls, though, <laughs> Leslie Uggams oh my God. is fantastic. Fantastic. So funny. Oh, man. Is your hand really small? (laughs) (laughs) And then when he says that he's going to masturbate, and that uh, I bet it'll feel huge in this hand. (laughs) Yes, right. (laughs) She has some great lines, though. And and to hear those words coming out of Leslie Uggam's mouth. Oh, yeah. That's fantastic. When he's trying to get the blood stain at the laundromat, he's trying to get the blood stain (sighs) out with the tide stick. Right. What does she say? Seltzer water and detergent or something? Lemon juice. Oh, yeah. Seltzer water and lemon juice for blood. You might or want to wear, wear a red, red suit, you moron, or whatever. <laughs> and, and she says, God, I miss cocaine. <laughs> One of Tommy's favorite lines in the movie is when he says to Leslie Uggams, if I never see you again, I want you to know that I love you very much. I also buried 1,600 kilos of cocaine somewhere in the apartment right next to the cure for blindness. Good luck. <laughs> That's a great line. <laughs> That's a funny movie. <laughs> yeah, it really is. And that's the great thing about the movie. I mean, you can't deny how great the action sequences are. And just the whole dynamic with Francis. You know, he goes out of his way to find Francis so that he can fix his butter face, which I just love. I had to explain to my son why he was calling it a butter face. Because the body's great, butter face. That's that's terrible. (laughs) What I found hilarious in the movie, when he's on the quest to find Francis Mm -hmm. and he's finding all of Francis's old cohorts. Nobody knows that his real name is Francis. Right. And he's, he's going along beating up and stabbing all these guys saying, where's Francis? And they're probably going, I don't know Francis. (laughs) That's a good point, actually. So the comic book stuff is really kind of interesting too, when you try and keep that all congruent. Uh, Wade Wilson was uh, named in homage to Slade Wilson, which is the mercenary in Deathstroke, which I understand is going to be in one of the, is that going to be the new uh, Superman? The, the, now what's it called? What are they called? Justice League. Yeah. So that's going to be, he's going to be the villain in the new Justice League, which is a complete different, you know, DC comics versus Marvel comics. But Wade Wilson got his name in homage to Slade Wilson because he resembled Deathstroke and also used guns and swords very much like Deadpool. 
And then I also read that the breaking of the fourth wall is inspired by a different DC comic, Ambush Bug. And, Never uh, heard. Yeah, me either. But it's apparently it's a character with a similar costume that premiered in 1982. Yeah, you kind of got to wonder why a character like Ambush Bug never took off. <laughs> <laughs> hey, if you would have told me that there would be a character called Ant-Man, I would have laughed at you too. But hey, that was a fun movie as well. So yeah. It's played by Paul Rudd. I it, haven't seen it. Oh, it's good. I, I recommend it if you can catch it. It's it's definitely worth a view. I can't sit through two hours of Paul Rudd. Oh, you don't like Paul Rudd? See, no, I'm, I'm one of those rarities. Yeah, I like him. And I mean, you know, I think you might enjoy it in spite of Paul Rudd. Michael Douglas <laughs> is pretty good in it too, but that's a whole other, you know, we don't want to get too far off track. We got to give props to the stunt people too. They actually had two stuntmen. One guy was the grunt stuntman to do all the hard work, the heavy lifting, the pushing, the fighting. And, the, and then there was a very athletic stuntman who did all the flipping. And he was amazing. Another cool fact is that they had three suits. They had the suit for Ryan Reynolds. Mm -hmm. They had the suit for the gymnastic stuntman and the suit for the grunt stuntman. That's interesting. I guess, you know, the gymnastics guy had to have something that was a little bit easier to get around in, obviously. The very first thing that they put in the script for this movie was Angel of the Morning, the Juice Newton song in the opening credits. So that was uh, the plan all along. That's pretty funny in itself. Did they explain why that song? I think it's just a funny juxtaposition. It could have a, a deeper meaning than that. Uh, but for me, it's just like, talk about the weirdest song to open an action movie, especially one of this nature. It's perfect. I mean, and wasn't it from like the 1970s? Wasn't that a 70s song? 70s or early 80s. That's not the first time that they've, they've had all kinds of weird sort of 70s, almost like AM radio kind of stuff. Uh, in Guardians of the Galaxy, another Marvel movie, they did a whole slew of songs like that. Yeah, those old songs. I wonder what they're trying to achieve by doing that or just making people interested in old songs again. I don't know. Yeah, not sure. And then they have You're the Inspiration later in the movie when he's got the knife stuck in his head. <laughs> right. <laughs> you see it on the little unicorns and stuff. Right, and, it, and it's played real slow down because he's got the knife stuck in his right. head. You know, you got to watch that scene because when he's been stabbed in the head mm -hmm. and then beaten repeatedly, mm -hmm. when he goes to reach for the knife, mm -hmm. it plays it perfectly because he misses it a couple of times. Oh, that's great. And then he finally gets it. You know, and it, you can imagine how if you've been stabbed in the head with <laughs> right. the knife, <laughs> well, it you, might be hard to locate. That certainly makes sense. <laughs> you know, one of the things I think that a lot of folks wonder is, well, why, if he can heal himself, mm -hmm. is his skin all messed up? Apparently, that serum that he was given and, and him, him being induced into the mutation. So he's not a mutant. He's a mutate. The difference is that a mutant is somebody who is... They're born mutant, that way, right? Yeah, naturally. And he was driven into mutation. Right. So it accelerated the cancer. So he still has the cancer, which is what happened to his skin. The cancer went all throughout his body and oh, it's wow. still attacking his skin. The problem is that he heals the cancer as fast as it kills him. So that's why his skin is all messed up. Oh, wow. Didn't know that. That's pretty cool. So when they were filming the scene on the highway, they actually got permission in Canada to film on one of the uh, major throughways. The bridge went both ways and they shut down one full side of the bridge so that they could film there every day for like two weeks. And they were saying that Ryan Reynolds got blamed for it. He said at one point he was the most hated man in Canada or wherever <laughs> they shot that because uh, he got blamed. He goes, not Deadpool, not the movie, but Ryan Reynolds got blamed for shutting down the bridge. It, it lasted two weeks and they had to shoot from like five in the morning till Five in the evening or something like that. Oh, every day. wow. I love when the guy gets plastered against the highway sign. Yes. He falls down from the sign later on when he's when uh, Deadpool is talking to Colossus. And he, he goes, was already there. <laughs> yeah, that guy was there when, before I got here. 
<laughs> good stuff. I just watched it, and I look forward to watching it again because it's so good. Les, do you have anything else? I don't. All right. As always, a pleasure talking with you and geeking out over a, another fun movie. And look forward to the next one with you. I look forward to it as well. All right, bud. And thank you for listening as well. We always appreciate it. And we always appreciate feedback. If you have any, remember to go to our Facebook page, give us a like, and leave your comments or questions. Or if you have a favorite scene that we didn't talk about, again, it's facebook.com slash screen facts. You can also tweet me at Jason Davis Voice. You can email screenfacts at yahoo.com. Les, do you want to give out your uh, social media stuff? I'm at Les Sinclair everywhere. L-E-S-S-I-N-C-L-A-I-R. Alrighty then. Please help others find the show. Give us a rate and comment on iTunes. You can also support the show by ordering Screen Facts merchandise. You can go to the podcast page of jasondavisvoice.com to get information about all that stuff. You can also find out, like I said, how to get past episodes of the podcast there. Show theme music by audionautics.com and special thanks to our announcer, Kim McKay from kimsvoice.com. Screen Facts with Jason Davis is a production of Jason Davis VoiceOver. Visit jasondavisvoice.com if you need a voice for a commercial, narration, promo, internet video, e-learning or training program, and more. Click on the podcast page to get information about where you can download and listen to past episodes. Listen again next Wednesday for a new episode of Screen Facts with Jason Davis.